Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Blaine. And today we're going to talk about the question, should you build a content channel or platform? Lisa, hmm. Yeah, so Mike, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about what a content platform actually is? Yeah, so for someone who is just getting started with the idea of creating content, in terms of career development. And this could be someone who is just starting out in their career. It could be someone who is partway through it. This could be someone who is employed or is looking for a job. I think there's like a multitude of different situations where a person could find themselves in where this is really applicable. But to answer the question of what is a content platform or channel, and I might use those terms a little bit interchangeably, Um, but I'll focus a little bit more on trying to use the word channel consciously, because I think that is a good starting point from a mindset uh, standpoint for our dear listener to understand what this really is all about. So one of the best explanations for what a content channel is that I've received is imagine yourself basically in charge of a TV station or a radio station. And you as a content creator have the ability to program, whatever it is that comes to mind um, for you on that channel that makes sense for the audience that is, is watching that channel or listening to it or reading it. And that really has helped me to understand, okay, so this channel is, as, it, as I sort of implied, is really built for someone in particular okay, and has content around a central theme. And Uh, Jonathan Stark has this kind of really cool analogy of there being like a a solar system. If you think of your content and there's a central theme that is kind of the sun that all of your planets, all of the little things, different content ideas that you have rotate around. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll use our show just as an example, right off the top, right? Our show is around career development for people in their twenties and thirties could be in, in the job search, could be in a job trying to advance their career in a variety of different ways, doing this consciously. Okay. So what does that mean? That's the sun. The planets that are going around it are things like job search strategy, integrating into a new workplace, thinking like you're a CEO, uh, navigating tough waters, salary negotiation, problems with diversity, equity, and inclusion, lot of different things. So you can see how our content solar system is roughly built, but it all starts with having a core idea at the middle of it that is built with someone in particular in mind. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And I like your analogy of a TV station, because if you think of the the different stations, you definitely can imagine who they would be specifically geared towards. There's kids channels, there's adults channels, there's all sorts of stuff. So um, that makes a lot of sense. And you've mentioned podcasting. What are some of the other types of content channels that people might be using? Yeah. So podcasting, obviously in the audio space, it is becoming more and more popular um, for a while. Blogging, writing, like building a writing platform or, or channel has been something that people have done. It's kind of golden age was, you know, in the six, seven to 10 years ago kind of time frame. but there are still some people out there who have built some amazing channels just through blogging, some businesses that are really built just through writing, which is kind of cool. Um, there is the ability to create a YouTube channel. That's never really been easier. And YouTube really kind of puts a lot of resources in place for people who want to build a channel and maybe even monetize that channel. There's a lot of guidance now around how do you do that? 
simply because YouTube itself benefits from having great content creators building content on their platform that then they can go ahead and, and monetize. I think there's a couple of other ones that maybe don't get enough spotlight. One is the idea of building an email list. So a really um, a community of people that you're communicating with via email. What's super cool about that is as the creator that kind of starts off as like a mass one to many kind of communication, but really easily for the person who's reading it, if um, they come across content that they resonate with, they can respond and turn it into a one-on-one discussion with the person. And so from a relationship building standpoint, things can go really quickly there. And then Mm -hmm. of course, just like lastly, um, social media. So some people are building massive social media accounts, Mm -hmm. whether it's on Instagram or LinkedIn, uh, TikTok, obviously that's become very, very popular. Now there's Mm -hmm. clubhouse and, uh, that is, you know, these are things that are probably not going to go away completely, but the risk of building a social media content channel is that it is not yours. Really. It belongs to whatever platform you have uh, registered yourself with and they could change the rules of that platform, which would have pretty dramatic effects on your own channel and the audience that you serve. Which I guess would be true of a lot of them, even YouTube and mm-hmm. podcasting. Yeah, YouTube and- podcasting has kind of like remained, uh, I guess, more independent from a lot of other things. That's what's kind of cool about it. When you think about, yeah, Apple podcasts could probably, if they wanted to, for some reason, shut us down, but you know, there's still Spotify and Google podcasts and Stitcher and different places where people can go as well as our own site, careerbuilderspodcast.com. If you want to tune into us, you can find different ways of doing that. So there's a little bit more risk mitigation, I guess, because Mm -hmm. you've kind of created some um, diversification around your distribution. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Do you have any examples of specific people who are either just starting out in their careers or, and it doesn't have to be a name of a person, but just Mm -hmm. stories of people who are using it in a way that's benefiting them. Yeah. So I'm thinking of a client of mine actually right now who has created a blog that is really built around helping other people kind of like her begin their careers. She's in the legal space and the way she has built this is that it, it's talking to people who are coming out of law school, getting a sense of like, how does the world work? If you're coming out, what do I need to do networking wise? What are some of the questions I should be asking when it comes to looking at different articling opportunities? And so just sort of putting that out there, what it's allowed her to do is start, start to build connections with other young lawyers. So there's a huge networking compa- uh, component to her, her platform it's something that she can put in front of an employer that says, look, I, I can practice law, but I also have the ability to help with marketing or business development, or I can build something that helps sales within our organization. Uh, I understand graphic design, like in our website here is not very good. So let me, let me see if I can add value there. So there's a few different elements to that, but that's a really good example. Um, if someone is sort of mid career, I'm thinking, of people who are either uh, they may be transitioning to something else slowly but surely from their full-time job, maybe into a business, a solopreneurship. And I know of one person who basically, you know, started an email list on the way out um, and gradually built a community of people that he was serving and then was able to eventually start 
selling to, uh, when he made that transition away from working a nine to five. So there's a lot of different and creative ways that you can use a platform, but those are two that come to mind. Awesome. I can also think of, uh, some people that I've worked with in the past who are in a very specialized area who mm-hmm. wanted to become subject matter experts. So they were already providing content for magazines or print um, or going on TV and things like that to share their expertise. But then they also transitioned that on LinkedIn to be able to um, produce content and share content. And so they sort of become that go-to person within that industry, even if they're mm-hmm. not switching. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You don't have to be in transition, but it's something that, like you said, can make you a more desirable person in the place that you already are. If you bring attention to the place that you work at through your own personal brand, that can be a major asset to your employer and something that you can bring up at your next salary review. (laughs) Uh, And then also the last sort of idea that comes to mind in terms of development is, um, from a side hustle standpoint, this is something that you could do with no real intention of making it a nine to five or a full-time business, but it's something that you enjoy doing. Uh, but it also can pay some bills in your life and build up skills in other areas. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I just want to clarify. Um, so I think that a lot of people, when they think about creating a platform, they think of influencers who are doing, it sort of becomes a full-time job for them. So when you think of a content channel or a content platform, how much time are people generally spending on this kind of thing? Yeah, I think that really depends on what your intention is. And that's a great point. You could be in this full time and there are people that document their entire lives. Uh, that's not really the where we're going, I think, with this discussion. I think it's something that you can put, and when I think about our own show, it might be more in the five to 10 hours per week kind of a range so that it's accompanying maybe a nine to five, a 40 hour a week commitment. It's something that you do maybe a little bit on weekends or after work or before work. It's not necessarily taking over your life, but it is allowing you to have just something that's creative and hopefully enjoyable uh, that allows you to either develop your skill set, enjoy just, you know, doing something creative and building connections with new people that could build your career out as well in the long run. That makes so much sense. Yeah. You've mentioned a lot of different benefits to doing this. What are some additional benefits that people might see when creating a platform? Yeah, I actually think at the very top of the list of benefits, uh, when you create content, is it has nothing to do with who you're creating it for or what it could lead to down the road for someone else. I actually think the biggest benefit to creating content is for you as the creator in terms of developing greater belief in what you stand for, like having values that you can communicate with other people and you do so on a, do so on a regular basis that just sort of, I mean, what better way to actually build your confidence gradually sort of one day or one week at a time where you put your ideas out into the world, you'll receive feedback on them. They may be good. They may be bad, the feedback. And sometimes you will rethink a point of view or you might defend a point of view But at the end of the day, you become more aware of what there is in that particular space of of expertise that you're building. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to see yourself in that space more, I guess, affirmatively. So that's the first thing, because if you can state your value, if you can uh, tell someone who doesn't know you all that well, what you can bring to their table, 
well, that's, that's like the biggest career development asset there is mm-hmm. other than people who know you and know the value. So that's the, that's the biggest one. It's mm-hmm. really about for you, the creator, and then it being something that you can point people to that allows you to build a network more, um, I guess, more exponentially because you're working in a way that, that puts yourself out there through the internet uh, on a, a large scale basis. Mm-hmm. So meeting people out there in the world that you wouldn't have otherwise ever come in contact with simply because you're both attracted to the same sort of the gravitational pull of that sun, right? At the center of your yeah. content channel. That's one of the really cool things. And I, I don't know about you, Lisa, but I've really enjoyed hearing from people who have listened to our show and there is no chance, no chance and that I, in the time that I have on this planet that I would have ever met these people. True. Uh, it's just, it's wild how that can work. Very true. Yeah. And it also sort of helps you to build that personal brand as well. Mm-hmm. Everything that you've sort of been talking about is expanding your reach, expanding your skills, looking at who you might be able to connect with, but then also just continuing to grow what that brand is of your own. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All of those regular actions that you take when you create content on a regular basis, they just build habits in yourself over time. And a habit is really like a vote for yourself. And the more you, the more you vote for yourself, typically speaking, the more you believe in yourself. That's at least the theory. Yeah, very true. Cool. All right. What are, what are some things that people might want to think about when they're deciding which channel or platform to go with? Yeah. I think there's two really big questions here is once you've pinned down your, your audience or ideal listener or ideal reader or ideal viewer, the two questions are, where do those people hang out? Are they people who, who consume content through video? Do they consume it through writing, reading? Do they consume it through audio? At the same time, the other question to balance that with is, what is the medium that you are most interested in where you feel like you're at your best? And you and I both like podcasting for a variety of reasons. It allows us to have a very kind of casual, uh, approachable space. We don't have to, I, well, I'll speak for myself. I don't have to put on any makeup or really <laughs> comb my hair or whatever. And I can show up on, you know, a given day wearing nothing but sweat pants and whatever, and be fine and be able to create content and spread a message and add value. That's one of the reasons I like podcasting. Um, so between those two questions of where's the audience and what am I most naturally suited for as a content creator? I actually would encourage people to prioritize the second uh, component. So where are you most likely to shine? Mm -hmm. Because if you shine in a given space, you will attract whomever is in that. And there's, there's millions and millions and millions of people out there on the internet. There's someone who has an interest in what you are talking about. Uh, But if you are not standing out in a certain way, if you're not specific enough in what you're discussing, if there's no real sun in the solar system, then, then it doesn't work. And so I think establishing that first, gaining your confidence on the channel that is, or in the medium that makes the most sense for you, you can always expand from there, but start where you feel you can really excel at. Mm -hmm. And so to expand on that, it sounds like it's also the way that you can get your message across in the, the best way possible. Yeah. So sometimes using visuals versus audio might be more beneficial to the topics that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, 
And then also thinking about the time commitment. Mm -hmm. So video editing and audio editing can take a lot longer than if you're just writing a blog. It can. Yeah. I think so for sure the video editing, you and I have both experienced what that is like in our lives. It takes way more time to edit a video than to edit audio. Mm -hmm. For some people they can write blog posts or um, articles for you know, a mass media publication in a relatively short period of time. I, I know that there are some folks out there that have put a dozen, almost two dozen hours into the content that they write into like a single high quality blog post. I think of someone like James Clear. I don't know if he still does this, but before he, he released Atomic Habits, which has become like a huge best-selling book. It sold like a couple of million copies and it's really put his name out there. But before he released that one book, he'd been writing only twice a week for a number of years because that's all he could do. Like his full-time thing was writing two articles a week. So that gives you a sense of like, if you mm -hmm. really do want to go all in and become truly world-class at something, it may take a little bit more time um, but when you're just getting started out, I don't think it has to be that extreme. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Work on finding your voice first. It's not something that happens overnight. Yeah. It's a great tip. What in your opinion, or what have you seen that makes a great content platform or channel? Yeah. So I think that I'm going to quote here some parts out of a book called the impact equation, which I read by two great content creators, Chris Brogan and Julian Smith. And they talk about this idea of their impact equation has this little cool um, acronym, CREATE. So the CREATE formula, basically, it stands for contrast, uh, multiplying, reach, exposure, articulation, trust, and echo. Okay, so reach plus exposure plus articulation plus trust plus echo all multiplied by contrast. Got it. Okay. So that gives you a bit of an idea of what the most important component in building your platform is, is, is there really a unique point of view? Is there mm -hmm. something where you stand up for something? Um, one of the, I guess, more unique points of view that I have in my content, which I feel like I could lean into even more is the idea that if you're coming out of school and you're starting your career, or you've been in it for a little while and you realize that this is not what you wanted to be doing, it's the idea that your education, like the two decades worth of time that you put into arriving at this point, that should be worth something. Mm-hmm that there shouldn't be a huge letdown at the end of that road where it's like, Oh, well, I guess that, that was a waste. And of course, mindset would say that we can go out and think about it in a different way, but that's really it is like, do not accept that that's your reality. Do not accept that sunk cost. And let's, let's take what you have learned in your journey and leverage it to build a new direction that you're more in love with. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So having contrast and some people have really sharp contrast, right? And that's how they stand out when you look at something like politics, right? Mm -hmm. The sort of the content channels of a political party, right? Because they're, they're creating content too. Everyone's creating content, but sometimes being a really sharp polar voice gets you into office. 
Sure. For better or for worse, right? Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> not, not saying that that's necessarily good for everyone, but um, that's that's the component that a lot of people need to kind of figure out first. And when I mm-hmm. say to go back to the point around finding your voice, like it can take a little bit of time to find your big idea or your big point of view. But once you do, it's about how do you leverage that in the different things, like the different elements. So, I mean, reach exposure, are you able to get your message out to people and can you build relationships with people who promote the work that you're doing? Articulation being, you know, how, how accessible is your message? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a reason why I try as hard as I can to kind of shy away from using as many big words as I used to in my life. And sometimes I'm still guilty of that. But the more people who can see themselves and understand what you're saying without much effort, the easier it is for them to subscribe and like your channel and follow along with what you're doing. And that being said, if your audience is PhD students or doctors, PhDs are doctors, but you you understand what I mean, um, then you're probably going to also adjust the way that you articulate your message. Yes. Yeah. Those folks may want to see some big words and some Latin or whatever thrown in that makes sense for them. So being conscious of the language that you're using, right? You wouldn't teach a young person in grade one, the same way that you would teach a young person who's in grade 10 uh, mathematics, right? Everything would be totally different, not just the content, but also the language that you're using. Um, Not sure you'd really be talking about brackets and exponents to someone who's five, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're the account, you're the former accountant. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> okay. I'll roll with that. Um, so yes, getting conscious of how you're putting yourself out there, because if people who are consuming your content can't easily see themselves in it, or we often talk about, right? Like imagine this show as just being a conversation where we are sitting down in in a living room somewhere and people are walking in and able to just listen to us. And if they can't kind of envision that reality or there being some connection to the people who are also like you as a person, as a content creator, you're a big part of the reason that people are showing up to, Mm -hmm. to listen or to watch or to read you. It's not just the words or the, it's not just the videos, it's really you as well. So the more of you that's authentically brought into the content channel, the more successful you'll be. That makes sense. Yeah. Another thing that I noticed, I, I sent somebody to Austin Belsack's website today Yeah. because he has so many great blog posts. And one of the things that really struck me about his content is his consistency. It's wild, right? Yeah. So consistency seems to show up in a lot of great channels or platforms. Absolutely. Yeah. Just showing up on a regular basis builds trust with your audience, right? Our show airs a new episode every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so some people are expecting that show to be there. It's the same thing for podcasts that I follow. A couple of them come out Monday, Tuesday. It's like I... I look forward to those kinds of things. And so you as a content creator, you build your audience by, by really just showing up on that regular basis. Austin is interesting. It's funny you mentioned him. He's a truly prolific content creator, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's someone who really concentrated on the art of blogging and building content on his website. 
and then started to branch out into doing that for LinkedIn, where he mm-hmm. built a pretty significant, has a pretty significant audience. Like I think he's approaching three quarters of a million people there following wow. him. Yeah. Um, but that didn't happen overnight. And now he's also doing a little bit more on things like Instagram, but he really chose his one place to kind of plant the flag in the ground at and just say, this is going to be my space. This is where I'm going to get really good at my craft. This is where I'm going to start to build the audience. And one thing has led to another for him. Cool. That makes sense. And so another thing that I'm sort of taking out of that, which I've also seen with a lot of people is starting, starting somewhere, picking somewhere to start and not trying to boil the ocean as they say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pick somewhere and try it out. And when I say try it out, I'm not saying try it for one or two weeks, building an audience and building a content channel that really resonates with people takes time. And so I would say you should be committing at least six months to that. I remember writing long form blog posts once a week back in the first half of 2019. And by the time I was through that midway point in the year, I was like, I'm done with this for now. I might return to writing long form stuff every now and again, when I feel like there's a a really compelling reason to do it. If I have a really strong topic that I feel I can write about, but it wasn't for me. And by the midpoint of that year, right. 2019. So that was when I'd pitched this show to you. Mm-hmm. And by the end of 2019, we had become podcasters and a year and a half later, we are still here. So I would say, you know, tried something out, didn't work, tried something else, like it a lot more. And we're, I'm personally, I feel I'm having way more success doing this than I ever did as a writer. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So try it out. Your first idea might not go so well, but don't give up. Totally. Um, are there any other, I mean, we've talked a little bit about trying too many things or not trying something for long enough. Are there any other common mistakes that people might make when they're building or in the initial stages? I think sometimes people think that they are a little bit more concentrated or a little more focused than they actually are. Uh, and, and there's rarely a downside to getting more niche down on a content platform. I mean, there's, there's content platforms out there for some really odd, obscure things uh, like growing cacti in your house and you want help <laughs> with that. Like there, there's a content channel, there's a whole business built around that. Um, so think about all of those kind of obscure book titles that you might see as you go through a bookstore, if you're looking online, like those are, those are things that people care about. And as obscure as they seem, there are real audiences, there are real followings there. And so you can probably, if you're not finding resonance with your content, if, if no one's really picking it up, maybe it's time to double down on who your ideal listener, reader, viewer is and think more carefully as to what's important to them. Because at the end of the day, your channel is most often going to be sort of a set of answers to questions that those particular people are asking. Mm -hmm. And if the question is too vague, like, you know, um, (laughs) how do I buy a house? Okay, that's cool. But it's a Think about that for a second. Like, <laughs> how do I buy a house in Canada? How do I buy a house in the Southern United States? How do I buy a house in California? How do I buy a house in Los Angeles? Because all of those things are a little bit different from one another. There are millions of people living in Los Angeles. So if you became the, the expert in that space of like, how do I go about really, you know, understanding this market in a concrete way, 
you're going to attract people who are looking to have those exact questions answered. Whereas if you're just trying to answer it for the entire world, you're probably not going to be coming across as a really credible source or a true expert because it's hard to be a true expert in more than one or two things. Yeah. And for people to read it too, you're absolutely right that you need to really be answering a question. So how do I buy a house? You might provide an overview, but then you're going to need to get into all of the specifics. So you might write an article about how to get a mortgage, how to find a good real estate agent. Like there's so many things that you could dive into deeper than that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great point that you just made is that people think that if they're going to niche down, they're going to run out of content ideas. And it's like the total opposite in reality, people, once they pick the area of expertise that they're going to commit to and, and go down the road of, it's like, oh, I've started down this path only to realize that it doesn't end and that there are many different things that I could do to continue to go further. When you look at, I mean, I, I kind of listed off the top at the top of this episode, there are different things that we cover on this show. We're about 75 episodes in now there are still so many more things that we could be talking about. And uh, we still have, for example, just like a lot more work to do on diversity, equity, and inclusion. We will revisit mental health in a variety of different ways. We will talk about what it means to make a transition. Uh, I think this will have come out by now, or if not, it's coming out soon, but it's like, how do I transition from the midpoint, mid-level of my career to something greater than that? Or how do I leave a day job for a business that I'm building on the side. There's just so many things that we can do that we'll talk to someone who is in that 20 to 30 something space, mainly in Canada and the United States. So we have some specificity, but once we get into that, we realize there's a lot of topics that we can explore for the folks who are there. That's a great point. Yeah. So to sort of go off of that, do you have any tips for people who are wanting to start building a platform? And it it sounds like one of them could be brainstorming. Yeah, really, honestly, just without judgment, write down some ideas around things that you really feel like uh, are of value to like you, you hold value and see value in them in a perfect world. So going back to my client that I was kind of talking about earlier, she's built a content platform that's in the industry vertical that she wants to be in. And I think that's a great litmus test is if you are early or kind of middle of the way through your career, you should hopefully be able to build content around something that you in theory are passionate about, or just have an interest in. Like if you're pursuing your career in finance and you have no drive to create educational content for people who might have questions about tax or accounting or mortgages, like it's a great question for yourself. Like, is this really what I want to be doing? Because if I'm not drawn to the idea of helping people on a regular basis in this space, like, why do I want to be there? Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, it could also be just to play devil's advocate. It could also be a side hustle. So it could be a passion project Mm -hmm. on the side that, you know, maybe they're in finance, but maybe they love renovating houses on the weekend. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's, it all depends on what is the real goal for you in, as you go through building a content platform, it doesn't have to be aligned with your career. It, it ideally has some role. It fits somehow into the greater context of your life. Um, and so maybe that really honestly is the, the ultimate place to begin from is like, what 
do I want this to be for me as I go about and do it? Because I'm about to commit a really long, significant chunk of time to doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then finding that, that thing that you're passionate about that you maybe get heated talking about, or you love reading about, or you love learning about even. Yeah, absolutely. Cause like, like we were saying, if it's not fun, it's something that's going to become super torturous for you to do on a regular basis kind of like me and, you know, weekly long form writing. I still write weekly, but my writing is much shorter. It's about a one to two minute read, like a weekly Sunday email. And I can bang that out in an hour or two and sometimes less depending on what I'm sharing. But like that within the context of my life was what I was looking for. I wanted to still write and develop my voice that way, but I didn't want to be writing six to eight hours, you know, in addition to producing this podcast in addition to my job, in addition to the business, yada, yada, yada. So how does it all fit into your overall life? It's a great question. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you think you'd like to add on this topic? Yeah. I think the last point I'll make is that it's really a journey and it's not something that has a destination to it. It's something that if you go about it in a way that is intentional, it reaps a lot of you'll reap the benefits in the long run when you realize just the compound effect of building, right? So there might be five or 10 people that read your stuff when you get started and it might be your mom and your best friend and whatever and next door neighbor. But as more and more people start to learn about the work that you are doing, if it's of interest to them, they will tell the other people organically, like the word of mouth will spread. And once that starts happening, it's really cool to see just what you can grow from that. That's when we start to see people build those massive followings. Uh, so yeah, take that long-term view because that is, that's the reward that comes only after you've done this for a long period of time. And Rich Litvin talks about this, like the first hundred things you're going to write are probably going to suck, <laughs> right? And I mean, we're, we're not even a hundred podcast episodes in. I'd like to think that we've produced some pretty good shows up until now, Mm -hmm. but I'm really excited for what we will produce later on, even as Mm -hmm. we go forward right now. I'm, it gets better, a little bit better all of the time. The people that we get to collaborate with are so fantastic and we'll continue to attract great guests. I I really believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, So just have that sort of long-term view. There's no instant gratification in this game. (laughs) Just take it one day at a time. Totally. And I, I just wanted to add, because this is just sort of like a personal thing, but don't be offended if people that are close to you aren't your biggest fans, mm-hmm. because they'll probably still be proud of you for doing what you're doing, but they probably aren't your audience unless you're specifically writing to them. Yes. So for example, my retired aunt probably doesn't care that much about career development at this point. No, exactly. Right. She's probably happy that you're here doing something that you love, but aside from that, yeah, she'll just be a passive fan in the background who roots you on, might never listen to the show. Um, And if there is disagreement, so if you're a content, I guess, to just sort of dovetail off of that, there's your, the people who will be lots of people who will not be your ideal listener, reader, viewer, and then there will be there will be people who just completely disagree with some of the things that you're saying. And we haven't actually really arrived at that point yet, but I think that that it's, it's not a bad sign either. If someone is coming out there and saying, I disagree, 
with what you're saying, that is evidence that you are developing that really strong contrasting voice that makes Mm -hmm. your channel unique. So don't be afraid to kind of explore and lean into that a little bit more. It's all about pushing the people that aren't meant for you away and bringing, attracting those people who are ideal. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool episode. Definitely would love to hear from anyone who is thinking about creating a content channel. I know I've had the, the privilege to talk to some people about building a podcast and some of those folks have gone ahead and done exactly that. It's honestly been one of the most fulfilling things um, for me to just sort of watch people go out and do their own thing, get started, find their own voice and go from there. It just makes our world such a more creative and exciting place. So yeah, let us know. Absolutely. Cool. I feel like we should talk about one last thing before we sign off. And that is, uh, so at the time of this recording, we have just switched over to a new logo, our new show artwork. Thanks to our good friend of the show, good friend in general, Abdella Rulem, who was our guest on episode tw- uh, 20, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Abdella, right after that episode in our early days, kind of proposed the idea of, uh, we ever wanted to have kind of the next evolution of our, of our show come about our artwork could be redone by him. And he's fantastic graphic designer, brand strategist. And he just walked us through a great process. Um, and this is, this is what you see now, this cool orange black path. I mean, I love it, Lisa. I do too. And Abdella, honestly, thank you so much for helping us with this. I learned so much through the process and things that I I would never have thought about. Um, So for our listeners, there are some Easter eggs within the logo. So if you are paying attention to some of the cool things that are happening within that, let us know if you find something or you see sort of where we might be going with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we, we got a little bit nerdy there in the design. And I do think that if you're looking carefully enough, you'll pick it up. So uh, let us know what you think. Appreciate it. Cool. Let's call it a week at that for the Career Builders podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. And hopefully you're thinking about creating your content platform or channel if you haven't already. We hope you're well, and we hope you join us again soon. Bye for now. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Career Builders podcast. Do you know someone who takes their career seriously and would appreciate the show? Why not share it with them? You'll help your friend with their career development while helping us spread the message of TCBP. On behalf of Lisa and myself, thanks for your support, and we'll catch you again next week.